Hey everyone, I'm Amanda. Welcome to Village Church q and I'm here with Pastor Michael today, and we are going to be discussing how much alcohol is too much for a Christian to drink. Now, I'm a little <laughs> baffled by this question because I thought Christians weren't supposed to drink. Oh, is that right? I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. But many Christians have grown up in a household hmm. that didn't have any alcohol or yeah. um, they actually thought they couldn't. Yep. Well, let's talk about it. Can they? Can we drink as Christians? I imagine the person who who's asking this is like, how much? Like, not how little, but like, how much right. <laughs> can I drink? <laughs> what what are the what are the limits? All right. So, in order to answer the question, there's probably a question before the question, right. which is, should I should I do it? even drink? So, uh, let me just answer that, and then we can maybe process the how much, right? So, okay. uh, should I comes down to three really important factors. So number one is going to be your family. Um, did my family drink? Uh, if no, that's going to inform um, the next uh, consideration. Um, if they did and it was an abusive situation, then that probably also could inform it. Do you have alcoholic tendencies, et cetera? Like there are just some people who are addictive by nature and they are better off, generally speaking, to avoid addictive things, right? Yep. So that's one factor. Number two is going to be your conscience. And I think this is really important. Your conscience is developed and informed by your family of origin, by the culture you live in, mm. and a handful of other factors, your friends, et cetera. Um, but will my conscience let me do this? Uh, for some people, their conscience is free, and that's a wonderful thing. For some people, their conscience does not permit them to do this. So they may even know in their head that it's okay, uh, but their conscience will not allow them to do it. So like... They just feel guilty mm. every time they're even around it, you know, let alone partaking of it. So um, I think one of the most important things that a Christian can do is pay attention to their conscience. Uh, the third is probably the most important. Um, does my interpretation of God's word allow it? So if you're in a position where your interpretation of God's word does not allow you to drink, then you don't drink. Um, if you're in a position where your conscience, your family of origin, maybe your addictive tendencies and the word of God align, um, when the stars align in that way, hmm. kind of walk through that door. Um, so let's say your family of origin does not have addictive habits and patterns, okay? Let's say your conscience is free and clean and your interpretation of the word of God permits you to drink. How much is too much? Now, um, at the end of this, I'll tell you the story of the first and last time that I got drunk. Okay. Yeah, we'll just postpone that. Okay. Um, Could we rewind a second and yeah. just hear biblically, is it okay right. for us to drink? Yep. So the Bible is, there's nowhere where it says it is permissible for Christians to drink explicitly like that. Um, so the Bible tells you what is good and what is not good about drinking in one of two ways. Number one, in the narrative stories, particularly in the Old Testament, um, you see that every time someone gets drunk, it does not go well for them, okay? Mm -hmm. So we think about um, Noah. Uh, he's really one of the first instances where somebody gets drunk and things just don't go well for him. So every time a narrative describes drunkenness, it's a bad thing. Um, but the Old Testament and the New Testament also communicate good godly scenarios where alcohol is present. It's like not a bad thing. So Jesus, I mean, his first miracle is that yeah. Cana and he's making wine. I mean, 
if it were evil and sinful, he would right. not be creating it and telling everybody right. to you Drink know, it. <laughs> go and buy, you know? And so um, you find Paul tells Timothy, take a little bit of wine for a sick stomach. And, and so you see that um, two really of the most influential New Testament characters, one being Jesus, two being Paul, are both not averse to it, mm -hmm. right? So um, there are some people, by the way, who will say all the uh, drink in the Old Testament was actually not alcohol or not strong enough to get you drunk. Well, if that were the case, then how do people get drunk? Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. I mean, Why does the Bible talk yeah. about drunkenness? Then? So it's, it's really hard. I would say, nay, impossible to make a good defense that Jesus is opposed to alcohol. The Last Supper, they had wine. They had, I mean, they had at least four glasses of wine in a traditional Seder. You know what I mean? So okay. I feel like on that, um, most Christians have kind of come around. They're not dealing with fundamentalism from that really a lot of the evangelical church was kind of plagued with in the 1800s, 1900s, et cetera. I feel like we're able to get past some of those cultural arguments. Okay. That was helpful. Yeah. But so, now going forward, yeah. how, how much, much is too much? Now, is this like something that we can refer to the legal sense of, okay, yeah. 0.08 is the limit. <laughs> so that means as Christians, like that's yeah. our limit or yeah. what do you say to that? That's a great question. So, <laughs> so I've got, I've got this, uh, this kid, I was this youth pastor. He's a man now he's married and him and his wife do these videos, like millions of views. And all their videos are about, uh, how much do I have to drink until I get to 0.08, right? So how many oh, interesting. like wine spritzers, glasses of wine, how many Guinnesses, you know? Do they, they both do it? Oh, they both do it. This oh, is like, fun. so they're, I mean, they've got these breathalyzers. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda. Wrong word. Amanda. That's the wrong one. So uh, I, I watch all their videos because yeah. I'm super curious. I'm like, so at what point? And it is striking how much this normal sized man and normal sized woman have to drink in a one hour period to get to 0.08 really to the point where if I had that much to drink, I, I would have not been able to drive much earlier than their 0.08. Huh. Very interesting. Um, that's kind of scary actually. Yeah, I'm actually totally shocked that breathalyzers have not made it to mass market at really reasonable prices or bars don't sell like, you know, breath for a buck or something like that. Yeah. That's like a little business idea rolling around in my brain. Uh, yep. but anyways, so, uh, the moment you define appropriateness by legal standards, um, we walk into really dark territory because the law permits gross atrocities right now. Legally, you can kill a baby inside of a mother's womb. So like mm -hmm. the law is less a standard of our views on most anything. Yeah. We want to honor the law, no doubt. Um, but we don't determine views by the legal realities around us. Although that is, by the way, like how many Christian parents are handling, oh, you're 18, you're, you know, I mean, there are all these like one-liners that just don't make sense to me from a biblical worldview. So mm -hmm. um, here, here are some high values for the Christian. Clear-headed, reasonable, sober-minded, level-headed. I mean, these, the amount of New Testament words for the way we think and the clarity that we're supposed to have, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And I would just tell people if, if the Lord and your conscience um, and your family of origins and your addictive tendencies all kind of align and you're able to drink reasonably, um, you should be able to have a clear head and a clear mind. At the same time, um, after a drink or two, depending on your size and who you are, um, there's a feel good factor about this, which actually it's interesting. The Old Testament references this, um, that there is, I, I joke and I call it a biblical buzz, right? Um, but it's like God has given us things to enjoy in creation to make us feel good. And 
feeling good does not equal drunk or inebriated or not sober-minded or not able to reason or to make good decisions. But the moment, the moment you are not making good decisions or your rationale or your reasoning is mitigated, here's one. The moment you can't share a clear, clear gospel presentation with somebody, that's not good. Or the moment somebody looks at you and says, you've had too much to drink. There are all these indicators around us, and many of those indicators happen before 0.08, you know? Mm. And so uh, am I level-headed? Uh, am I becoming somebody that I'm really not? Are the people around me identifying that this is, like, not good, you know? Um, if we really, really want to bring God glory in the way we handle this or any other powerful substance, um, we'll, we'll pay pretty close attention to how's my mind, what are people saying, Am I able to function? Am I able to preach the gospel? If those things align, then I think the Christian is well within their their freedom to drink. You know, that's great. And you know? are there any Bible verses that you just wanted to reference um, in regards to that? Well, you can find "Don't be a drunkard," which is almost always connected with swindler. Constantly, uh, it's a really interesting. First Corinthians six ten says, um, "This is very interesting." He talks about. I'm not associating with people who are drunkards or swindlers and not even to eat with such a one. And the idea is not somebody who got drunk once. The idea is people who are perpetually claiming Christ mm. and then just going getting drunk on a regular basis without mm. repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a huge one. Ephesians 5.18 says, do not get drunk on wine. And it's interesting. Paul's so smart. It's like he's seen it all, which leads to debauchery or evil, sinful living, you know, mm. instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, we could just go on and on. Um, it seems to be a regular part of culture that Jesus and Paul, the New Testament authors, all the Old Testament, they don't have an issue with, but there is there is regularly in every community the drunkard, and the drunkard needs to be they're very careful. They're addressing it. Yeah, yeah, they're addressing it regularly. They're not addressing the evils of alcohol. Alcohol is a neutral thing yeah. that can be used for good or can be used for evil. Um, it's... It, and that's what really the scriptures are going after. That's great. Now, when I was 16. Okay, yes, tell us the story. I was at my brother's wedding. Brian O'Reilly. He'll never listen to this, but if he this does, This is hey, your Brian. brother's wedding? This is my brother's wedding, yeah. So everybody saw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or not really. Maybe. Okay, go ahead. My mother saw. <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> right. Let's be honest. I, I, it's funny because there's a story. Like, I had just gotten arrested. I think it was like a month earlier. My mom was like so concerned. She's like, I don't know if you're going to be able to go to the wedding. She's freaking out. And then I had this big afro. It was so many things converged. This is not being, sounding good. <laughs> no, I was actually 17 at the wedding. Sorry. Um, okay. Anyways. Okay, and uh, So Brian O'Reilly was like, hey, try this Amaretto Sour. I really never had much of anything in my entire life. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's really good. Well, he kept giving them to me. And after like five or six, I remember I was like, I'm going to the bathroom. And I, this is where I, I knew it hit me so fast. I didn't even know. I didn't have a category. I didn't, under, I didn't know how my body would respond. And uh, I remember it was like, something's wrong. Oh, no. And I remember trying to walk to the bathroom. And the whole room was like tilted. And so I had to tilt my body oh. this way in order to get there. And my mom intercepted me on the way. And she's like, have you been drinking? Are you drunk? Brian O'Reilly. Like she knew, right? <laughs> I was like, right. And I, and I remember like, I never want to experience that again. Um, mm. I, I knew it was wrong. I had to hide it. I remember walking and I'm like, walk straight, man, walk straight. You can do it. And I couldn't. Just the simple. Just the simple, you know? And, and that was one of those dumb things where, you know, I was a kid. I didn't know better. Um, maybe I did know better, but maybe my brain was curious. And 
And that was one of those moments where I don't say that to glorify it. Like I knew in that moment, um, nothing good was going on in my brain and I couldn't even function uh, very well. And at that point that was like, never again. I don't really ever. Did you pay for it the next morning? No, I didn't. But Mm, interesting. Yeah. There's like a, there's next level, which is like hangover drunk. I wasn't quite there, but for a 17 year old, 16 year old kid, I'm trying to remember exactly how old I was. I think because it was after the arrest. I was 17 because my mom was concerned I was going to go to jail. Different story. Uh, ask me about it personally sometime. Everyone's Let's like, make that hmm, a question. Why did you that? go to jail? <laughs> right? I mean, you didn't go to jail. You just got arrested. I got arrested. Let's I be did clear. not go to prison. That's, I was, That's yes, important. That is very important. So another story for another day. And I can tell you, um, yeah, I cannot bring God glory when I'm inebriated. That is for sure. That's clear. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that mm-hmm. story because I know you have to be vulnerable to do that. Yeah. Next time we are going to be discussing what does the Bible say about sex before marriage? 